0: This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. All right, how many people know there's a fine line between worship and sleepiness, okay? There's been a lot of times where I've been on my knees praying before God for two hours Or later I wake up and realize that I've just been napping for two hours. Okay, so I need you guys to grab four people around you and tell them, wake up. Okay, do it. Four people. Wake up. Wake up. Find four people. Wake up. Come on. This is church today. We're getting into it today. I'm excited. Okay, do we need to stretch? We feeling good? We ready to go? Oh, man, I think we might need to run some laps. Are we feeling good? Are Are we ready to go? All right, come on. We got some stuff we got to get through today. I am so excited to be here today, okay? We've been in this series called Better Together. We've been looking at this in a lot of different ways, in relationships in a lot of different ways. We started with looking at God's ideal and what to do when our real doesn't match that. We looked at how our relationship and our roles in marriage and in family and parents and children and friends, we looked at roles, and then we looked at how to solve a fight, right? Because we get in fights sometimes, even though we love people. We fight, and we figured out how to work through that and still build the relationship. And last week, Braden took us through living in this present moment, which is so good, and not living in last week's moment or next week's moment, but living in this present moment, getting our nutrition, getting our need, getting our life today, right now, and I am pumped to end today with simplicity. I felt very strongly today that I was supposed to preach very simple, not a lot of words, not a lot of stories, not a lot of thrills, just preach simple. By the way, my name is Josh Wen, I'm the Director of Students and Young Families here, and welcome. It's really good to see you guys today. So we're preaching simple today, and I'm going to do something, kind of break a cardinal rule, okay? I'm going to give you the end of the sermon right here in the introduction of the sermon, okay? And after I give it, I would find much love if you don't leave, I would appreciate it. But if you do, that's okay because you have the end at the very beginning. So what we're talking about today is that we are better together when we love. Okay? And that's it, really. We are better together when we are loved. We are better parents when we love. We are better friends when we love. We are better spouses we, when we love. We are better employees when we love. We are better employers. Is that the right word? Bosses when we love. Okay? We are better together when we love. And I was talking to a young adult recently, um, and I was just asking them, what are you passionate about? What, do you, what really gets you excited? What do you like to talk about? What do you like to do? What, do you, what makes you just, like, you start talking and you can't stop? And they said something that kind of stuck with me. They said, in school and in my projects and my writing projects and speech projects and stuff, any time that there's an opportunity to speak about love, I gravitate towards it. I gravitate towards it. As I stopped and I thought about that sentence. It's so powerful because we gravitate towards love. The body goes towards what it needs. And love is one of those things that we need to survive on an individual basis, to survive on a community basis, to survive as the church, and the church has survived. It's been on that simple principle of love. And I am excited to talk about it today. So we're going to start today in John 15. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV to read the main passage. And then the rest of my scripture today, I'm going to be referencing the NLT. But I really like how the ESV starts us out. So we're going to be doing John 15, verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I love that word, much. We're going to be hitting that later, but are you thriving in your life right now? Are you bearing fruit or are you bearing much fruit? That word gets me excited. Let's go to verse 9, John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Verse 17, these things I command you so that you will love one another. As I was reading this passage, and like I said at the beginning, I I really tried to work this sermon to make it simple. And as I was reading this passage, it's been probably about four weeks that I knew I was going to be preaching up here. And I've been kind of mulling around this idea and reading over this passage and reading over it. And you would think that at the beginning, or even at least week one, that something very evident would pop out of this scripture, right? And I've got to be honest that it wasn't until four days ago that I saw this, not four weeks ago. And some of you who are a little bit faster than I am probably caught that. And that is the word abide okay? Abide, 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 abide. We hear it so many times. Abide in you, abide in me, that I will abide in you, that your fruit will abide, 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 right? Actually, from verse 4 through 10, we see abide in some way, shape, or form 11 times, okay? And it took me four weeks to get there where I realized that this might be important, (laughs) Maybe I should look at this word a little bit. And so abide is kind of a churchy word, okay? Abide is like we hear, it's kind of like sanctification or predestination or whole, like we hear these words all the time with the blood of the lamb, right? We hear these words all the time. But sometimes we hear them so much that we stop to actually think about, do I actually know what that word means, right? Sometimes I do that where I just say words that I heard a lot, but I don't really know what they mean. So I did a quick Google definition search of what abide means. And here's some of the definitions that I found. Abide means to remain, to continue, to stay, to have one's abode, to dwell, to reside, to continue in a particular condition, attitude, relationship. It means to last, to endure, to sustain, to withstand without yielding or submitting, to wait for and to await, to accept without opposition or question. Does that ring true with you when you think of your relationships? Does that ring true with you when you think of your relationship with Christ? Are you sustaining? Are you enduring? Are you accepting without question? Are you standing without submitting or yielding? Are you taking up residence? Are you dwelling in the vine? All the way at verse 1 of chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the grapevine. My father is the gardener, okay? And he says, you are the branches. Mm. Verse 4, this is the NLT. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Are you feeling a little dried out? Are you feeling a little withered up? Are you feeling a little burnt? This has been an incredibly busy Two months, three months, since the beginning of the year. And as I was reflecting on this, I was thinking, am I getting burnt out? Am I getting dried up? And it says, when the vine, when the branch separates from the vine, it withers, and they gather, and they burn. But the vine, with the branch that is connected to the vine, produces fruit. And not only fruit, much fruit. So what I'm taking from this is that when we abide, Not only do we start to succeed and survive, we actually start to thrive. When we stay connected to our life source, not only do we not wither up and burn up and die out, we actually start bearing fruit. And not just fruit, we start bearing much fruit and lasting fruit. I love these words for abiding. I love the description. I want to be sustainable. I want to endure. I want to produce much and lasting fruit that stays and stays. I don't want to be withered up. I don't want to be dried out and burned. I want to abide. And so it makes me think back, though. This is not... I feel like it's very common to try to separate ourselves from the vine. And why is it so important for this tree? Because the branch receives all the nutrition it needs from the vine. It receives its water and it receives its life and stuff. It receives its life from the vine. And so why, why do we do that? Why do we separate ourselves? I think this goes all the way back to the beginning. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Verse 15. And so we're going back to the first man named Adam. And God puts him in the epicenter of the world. Like he puts him in the place where the breeze is perfect. The temperature is amazing. How many people were liking that warm week we had last week, right? We want some more of that. God put Adam in this perfect temperature, okay? And he gave him every tree, every animal, and he gave him a job. Everybody knows it's good for a man to have a job, a purpose, and a will to do something, okay? And God gave him that. He said, name all this stuff, okay? And so he puts him in his place, and he gives him every tree. So verse 15, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruits, you are sure to die. And so I'm borrowing this example from Pastor Judah Smith, and I've listened to him recently, and I thought this was really good. I'm going to steal that. Is that what this looks like is that God said you can have every tree except one. And so Adam gets there, and he says, oh, this tree's good. 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 Oh, that tree's good. That tree's good. That tree's good. That tree. That is good. That tree's 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 good. That tree is good. Every tree. That tree is good. That tree good. That tree is good. That tree's good. That tree is bad. What? That tree is bad. No God. Why? Don't you love me? Give me that tree. Okay. Like he has all the trees in the world, and they're all good for eating, but he starts fixating on the one tree he can't have. In our lives and in abiding, we have everything we need. If we stay connected to the vine, connected to Jesus, if we stay in his love, we have every single thing you need to thrive, to produce fruit, to live long, healthy lives. But we want to fixate on the one thing we can't have. And I don't know what that is for you, okay? It's different for us, and it changes in seasons. But there's always that thing that we see on the other side of the fence that we say, I want that, and we just cut ourselves off. And we flop over there, and we start getting a little withered, and we start getting a little burned and a little dried out, and we stop abiding. My daughter taught me um, my daughter is Nora she's disobedient to me right now. I told her to take a nap, and she said, nope i'm not going to take a nap." I said, "Please sleep tonight." she said nope i'm not going to take a nap i 'm going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning so If you heard me talking about wake up, I'm kind of talking to myself today, okay? Thank you, Nora. So, Nora taught me a lesson about abiding. So, about a month ago, Amy had some errands to run. She had to go to work and um, run some errands for the day. It was the weekend. And so... I uh, was hanging out with my daughter, and we were doing some father-daughter bonding time, and I was playing some Xbox, and she was laying on the ground glaring at me judgingly. <laughs> some of you are doing that now. Like, don't worry about it, okay? I'll bond with her when she can talk, okay? So she was sitting there, and I was playing Xbox, and she was glaring at me. You guys are like, this guy's our student pastor? <laughs> so I was sitting there, we're playing games and stuff, and it got to be about lunchtime. And so I pick up Nora, I pause, whatever, and I put her in this corner of our living room. And this corner has everything that could keep a baby happy. Okay, we have this little square that you kick it and it sings. You have this like the thing that goes over the baby while they're laying on their back and they hit the like little animals and then it sings. And like we have her favorite Dave. I don't know if you guys were here two weeks ago, but I showed you the monkey Dave. That's her guy. He was there and hanging out with her. Like we have this soft carpet, like this little thing that you put down and you put the baby on because my wife. Wife has told me repeatedly, how would you like it if I put your face on the ground where everybody walks, right? So we have this nice little carpet that we put Nora down, and it's just really nice and soft and stuff. Everything she could want. And so I walk to the kitchen, and I'm making my sandwich. And the whole time, I hear her just going, ah, like whining and crying and whining and crying. I'm like, Nora, you got everything you need. Stop it. So she's just whining and crying, whining and crying. So finally, I finish up. I, Oh, sorry. Back up. So I'm working on my sandwich, trying to finish it up, and all of a sudden, I hear the whining and crying, stop. As a parent, you've probably come to realize that if you see quick shifts in the volume of your house, it's a good time to go investigate and see what's going on, okay? So I kind of rush into the living room, and I look to see where I put my daughter, <laughs> And she's gone, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, no, it was me. I lost her. I didn't think I was going to be the one. Like, what happened, right? And you, in moments of panic, you don't really think rationally, okay, right? And my, my thought was she is gone. She can barely, like, roll over at this point in her life, but she is gone. Like, somebody snuck in my house and stole my daughter or something. Like, she's gone. So I, like, run over there, and I realize that she's not gone, right? She's just like rolled in between the couch and the coffee table. So I'm like, really, Nora? So I pick her up, put her back in the corner, and she starts crying again. So I go back to the kitchen, and I finish up my sandwich. And she's crying this whole time. And I come back in. I'm like, you know, make the sounds like, goo gaga, be independent, you're fine, Nora, you're OK. You don't need to be held all the time. Stop it, stop it. But she keeps crying and whining, crying and whining. So finally, I say, maybe it's just nap time, right? Like, that's the answer all to all the crying. Like, she just needs to sleep it off. So, like, so I pick her up, and you know what happens as soon as I pick her up? She stops crying, she smiles, and she starts giggling. I'm like, you little con artist. Like, <laughs> you, you are already trying to play me, and you're not even six months old. Wow. But this is the thing that taught me that I saw out of that as I was preparing for this and thinking about that story in my life is I think that's the kind of relationship that God wants us to do. I think he wants us to just to want to be with him. I think he wants us to just want to be with him more than the lint under the couch or the singing box or the toys and the soft carpet. He just wants us to be in his presence, guys. He wants us to remain, to abide, and to stay in his presence. And I love that picture. And even though as a parent, it's kind of annoying and kind of unhealthy to always hold your kid, like they need to learn to be okay, right? I think that's a good picture, though, of what God does desire. Because he doesn't get tired of our whining and our crying. He doesn't get mad at us. Instead, he invites us in and says, hey, come talk to me. Come talk to me. I want to know. I care about every detail of your life, and I want to give you life. Okay? Abide. When we abide, we start to thrive. So how do we actually abide? How do we abide? We describe the action, what it looks like, but how do we do it? Verse 9. John 15, verse 9. Jesus says, I have loved you e- even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, <coughs> just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So simply put, abiding in is obedience abiding is obedience and I love Brayden and me do not talk about the worship set list or anything like that but I love that we played this old hymn because I wrote into my sermon this week an old hymn and it says when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still and all we have to do is trust and obey Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Guys, this is an old message. You've heard this before, but it's still relevant. It's good. We're better together when we love. We're better together when we abide. We're better, and abiding is obedience. And so Jesus says, um, verse 9, that's not John. Jesus says, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. And it got me thinking about thinking about simplicity, thinking about highlight notes and stuff. It got me thinking about a conversation Jesus had once. And he was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they were trying to stumble Jesus up. They were asking him all these questions about the law and about the Bible and trying to get him to stumble. But Jesus answers all the questions really well. And so this one Pharisee, I'm going to be in Mark 12, verse 28. This one Pharisee, Mark 12, verse 28 says one of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate he realized that jesus had answered well so he asked of all the commandments which is the most important jesus replied the most commandment the uh, most important commandment is this listen o israel the lord our god is the one and only lord you must love the lord god with all your heart all your soul all your mind and all your strength the second is equally important Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And I'm going to read Matthew 22, 40. It's the same conversation, different author. And he adds this. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God, love people. If you have trouble getting through this book and you have trouble staying awake through it like I do sometimes in my life, Here's the highlighted, cliff-noted aversion, okay? If you don't get anything else, love God, love people. There it is, okay? Love God, love people. It's simple. Jesus makes it easy for me to understand, and I appreciate that. And so as I was preaching this, though, I preached this once at youth group, Sundays, 6 to 7.30, just in case you didn't know. little plug for youth group tonight all right so Sundays so I was preaching this at youth group once and I had one student raise their hand and talk in the middle of my sermon like they do which is okay I love you guys okay so he raised she raised her hand and asked me this question while I was preaching this She said what happens if you don't love yourself very much you're supposed to love like you love yourself what happens if you don't love yourself very much and I started thinking about that because that really rang true with me because there's times in my life and seasons in my life where I have hated myself more than anybody has ever hated me. And I've called myself names that you would be surprised I'm standing here preaching from this stage, okay? Like I have, I have disliked myself more than anybody else in my life has ever disliked myself. I don't think that's just me. And I, I, we can have a whole conversation That's a whole other sermon about how to change our view of ourselves to how our Father sees us and how to break off, uh, like, agreements we've made with love about us being loved. That's a whole other sermon. But today, what I want to focus on is that sometimes we see people as, not as they are, but as we are. And if I am feeling unloved, and if I am feeling hated, and if I am feeling disrespected, that reflects in my actions towards you. And so what do we do if we don't love ourselves very much? Once again, the Bible's awesome, and Jesus makes it a little bit more simple for me. We're going back to John 15. Verse 7. Sorry, verse 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one life for one's friends. My expectation of this passage when Jesus is talking about obey my commandments like I've obeyed the Father's commandments is that he would have hit the greatest two commandments again. Love God, love people. But Jesus changes my expectations here. He says, instead, love like I've loved you. Love like I loved you. I know I said this two weeks ago, but what was that picture of God loving us? It was a God, all-powerful, all-knowing creator, who came down, sacrificed those rights, took on the garb and the boundaries of a human body, and came and took a burden that was not his to bear, and gave his life on a cross. And instead of commanding the armies of heaven, he came down to wash feet. Instead of coming as a mighty conqueror, he came as a mighty servant. And the God of God, the creator, the king of kings, came to serve me, the creation. And he says, what greater love is there than to lay down one's life for his one's friends? How does that look in your life? How has Jesus loved you? And how are you supposed to replicate to that people that you are in relationship with? Sometimes I don't love myself very well. Jesus says, That's okay. Love me like I've loved you. Because I always love you. There's never been a time that I've not loved you. How has Jesus loved you? We're better together when we love, we thrive. When we abide, obedience is abiding. And Jesus' commandment is to love like he loves us. This is my last point today, is much and lasting fruit. And so we get all this stuff about we are supposed to abide, we are supposed to love, obey my commandments and stuff. And then towards the end of this section of scripture, Jesus lays out why. Verse 11, this is John 15, verse 11, says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus is telling us all these things not so that we can be his little servants and do his bidding, but because it's for our benefit. When we abide, we have life. When we obey, we have His joy in us completed. And I heard this old preacher once preach this about priorities and completing joy. And he said, joy is like this. Joy is simply put when you put Jesus first, others second, and you last. You have that priority, you have joy. But if you mess up your priorities... And you switch them up and you put you first, others second, and Jesus last, you no longer have joy. Instead, you have yaj. You've got yaj. I am filled with yaj today. My my yaj be complete. Isn't that a gross word? It's like moist. I just hate it. Like, I feel like I have to go get some mouthwash. It's the worst, okay? But when we mess up our priorities and we step away from abiding, and we step away from obedience, and we step away from loving like Jesus loved us, instead of complete joy, we have complete yaj, just gross, ickiness. And so are you looking for much fruit? Are you looking for lasting fruit? do Do you want to do more than just survive? Do you want to thrive in your life and in your relationships? Then church, love. Love like Jesus loved you. Abide, obey his command, and you will see much fruit. And not only much fruit, you will see lasting fruit. Man. You know the easiest place for me to know if I'm abiding and loving is when I drive. <laughs> My wife's saying, amen, preach. <laughs> okay, Okay, if you were driving a silver Honda truck yesterday and you're here today, I apologize. My heart was not in the right place towards you yesterday, okay? When people drive the speed limit, it makes me very frustrated because I'm like, that's just kind of like you're supposed to go, like it's a, like come on, go a little faster, right? And when people sometimes drive and they don't observe the rules of the road and they cut me off or they don't let me turn or something, In my spirit, I want to run over their car (laughs) like I have a monster truck, okay? (laughs) Like I want to show you pain. But (laughs) as I was doing this and realizing this morning, it's a reflection of my heart. It's a reflection of where I'm at. Am I abiding? Am I obeying? Am I loving like Jesus loved me? If I'm trying to destroy people on the road, probably not. <laughs> uh, church, simple message today. You've heard it before. Love. We're better together when we love. I'm gonna end with first John chapter two. It says this. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment to you. Rather, it is an old one. You have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you've heard before, yet it is also new. Verse 8: Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the light is already shining. This is an old commandment: love. Jesus didn't come up with love your neighbor as you love yourself. We find that in the Old Testament. Old commandment, but Jesus came and He changed my expectations of love. He said, Love like I loved you. So, church, how has Jesus loved you? And where do you need to show that love in your relationships? As the band comes, we're going to close in prayer. I don't really have any specific altar call instructions for you today. I pray and I came to you with a message that was supposed to be simple short and sweet. And I pray that Jesus would just work in your heart as he needs to. May he bless you. May you have much and lasting fruit. May he remind you of how he's loved you. And may that be a reflection of your actions. So let's pray. And can we stand, please? Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, for coming and not overwhelming me with a lot of rules and instructions. Thank you, Father, for not coming and trying to boggle me down, but you made my life simple. Love God, love people, and love like you've loved me. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our souls right now, Father. Help us to be able to engage in this next couple of worship songs, God in worship of how you've loved us. In Jesus' name, all praise to you, Father. Amen. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.